Welcome back, Missio family. We are back to celebrate the Christmas season. Today, you'll hear Pastor Josh speak about peace. We know that there's a war in our heart, and Jesus has come to bring peace. If you have any questions about Missio, if you would like to join a missional community, or if you have any other prayer requests, please contact us at missio.life. Well, hey, good morning, Missio family. How's everybody doing today? We got two people excited. So we're so glad that you're here. And I just have to tell you a little confession time. Last Sunday, I gave a little public service announcement that there were 20 days till Christmas and you should start shopping. Guess who hasn't started shopping yet? Me. So I'm a procrastinator when it comes to Christmas gifts, but I'm going to try to do better. So it's like two weeks right? Till Christmas is here. So uh, the season is upon us. And we have been uh, in a Christmas season as a church. And so it's an Advent season, like we talked about, where it follows the Christian calendar. And Christians all over the world are focusing on these things that Jesus brought. So last week, we talked about how Jesus brought hope to this world. Today, we're going to be talking about peace. Peace is something that everybody wants, but a lot of people don't ever find it. So you guys have probably heard this phrase, if you can finish it for me, peace on earth and yeah, it's a a Christmas phrase, right? It's in the songs and it actually comes from the Bible. We're going to talk about that in, in just a moment, but peace is something that most people think of in terms of militarily, right? Like nations fighting nations, armies going to war against other armies. And we actually saw this happen this year, didn't we? Uh, the nation of Russia invaded Ukraine in, in senseless fighting and killing and devastation because they wanted something that this other country has. And isn't that the way that humanity's operated for, for years and years and years is one country wants uh, someone else's land, they want their people, they want their natural resources, whatever it might be, and so they go to war with each other. And so it's not uncommon for us to see war, experience war in this world. In fact, uh, I found out this uh, statistic, which is interesting. It says, since the beginning of recorded history, which goes back about 3,500 years, the Personnel Journal reported that the, the world, the globe, has only been at peace for 280-some years of 3,500. So 8% of the time, there's been global peace. Otherwise, there's always been a war. There's always been a nation fighting a nation. It's just the way our world operates. We know this, right? And so we, most people understand peace in, in terms of battle and war, but there's also peace that comes within us, right? And so maybe you haven't thought of this, but there's actually um, another war going on, and it's in the war of our heart, that we actually are at war with God. And you might say, well, that's a little bit strong. I'm not like harassing Christians. I'm not going into churches and messing stuff up. But the reality is, according to to Scripture, is that we're all at war with God in our hearts. And when Jesus comes, he comes to bring peace. And so we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But um, we talk about that that saying, peace on earth and goodwill to men. Let's let's look at Scripture and see what it says. We're going to read from the Christmas story. This is Luke 2, starting in verse 1. I'm in the NIV today, if that helps you at all. But 
And we'll read this and, and talk more about peace. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to whom his favor rests. So all those things that we just read about were prophesied. Hundreds of years beforehand, the prophets had wrote about the coming Messiah, and the people of Israel were waiting for him. And so now it had all come to pass. And, and Mary was chosen by God to, to carry in her womb the Son of God, Jesus. And that's what we, we talk about at Christmas time, right? The coming of Jesus. One of those prophecies comes from Isaiah 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. And so Jesus had come to bring peace. And he came to bring peace between us and God. Remember, there's a war going on in our hearts. And Jesus came to bring peace for that war. So the Messiah was finally here after all that waiting. Now, you might, you might not really ever have thought of that, like your, your sinfulness creating um, kind of a war between you and God. This is what it says in Romans 8, 7. The mind ruled by the power of sin is at war with God. It does not obey God's law. It can't. And so there's a problem in the, in the heart of every person who ever lived, besides Jesus, that we're born with sin. We're born with this problem of sin where we're separated from God and we can't have a relationship with Him. See, God won't allow sin to remain in His presence. He's perfect and He's holy. And we're not. We're sinful and we're broken. And so ever since our great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, messed it up for us in the garden, they had perfection. They were walking with God in the cool of the day. They were there. And God said, don't eat of that one tree. Ah, but that tree looks pretty good. And so they went and ate of that and introduced sin into the picture. And because God does not allow sin to remain in his presence, he cast them out of the garden. Right? But he showed mercy to Adam and Eve. He said, I'm going to give you animal skins to cover up with. I'm going to provide food. I'm going to take care of your needs. But sin could not remain in God's presence. And all of us are born into sin, into this world. And so we know what that is. We're separated from God and we need mercy. But we don't get mercy without somebody else taking care of our sin problem. That somebody is Jesus. That's why he came to, to put us at peace with our Heavenly Father, with God. So peace with God is the primary reason why Jesus came. That's why Christmas is so great. 
Because Jesus came down, Emmanuel, God with us, to make peace in our hearts with the Father. So he died for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And this is what it says in Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're at war. The Bible says we're at war with God in our heart because of our sin. But then Jesus came and gave us peace, right? We're justified through our faith. And so we can't truly know any other kind of peace. If we want peace internally, we can't know any other kind of peace without first starting with that relationship with God. We have to know Jesus and say, I want to be made right with you, God, so that I can live all other areas of my life with peace. And that's why Jesus came, isn't it? So Jesus came to give peace to anyone who would receive him, anyone who would believe and place their faith and their trust in him. We don't get to go to heaven. We don't get to have fellowship with God without Jesus vouching for us. I remember a time when I was a kid, uh, not a kid, I was, this was back in uh, living in Minot, and I was at the church there, and we had a lot of Air Force families. You guys know there's an Air Force base up in Minot, so that was naturally a part of our congregation. And this gentleman in our congregation named Glenn, uh, he was in charge of the B-52 flight simulator. And he was telling me about it. I'm like, that sounds really cool. That sounds like a video game. And he's like, yeah, it is. It's really awesome. He said, why don't you come out and tour with me? I said, okay. So I drove out to the base. Now, if you've ever been to an Air Force base, you know they don't take security lightly. It's kind of a big deal. Like, they actually have these pylons, these metal pylons that pop up out of the ground. If you try to, like, evil Knievel through the gate, your car's getting flipped over. Like, they pop up out of the ground and shut you down. And so you don't just get through the gate. You have to go to the visitor center. So I go to the visitor center, and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm in there worried. I'm pacing like a caged tiger. And, and, and finally, Glenn shows up, and I'm like, he's here for me. He said, it's all right. Josh is with me. He's in. So we go through the gate, and then we get to the building where they have the flight simulator. More security. He has to like, swipe his little fob and, you know, prove that he is who he says he is. And, and I felt pretty safe and pretty good as long as I was in Glenn's back pocket. As long as I was with him, I was good. I wasn't going to wander too far off because if you do, you're probably getting kicked off the base. You're not supposed to be there, right? And so he takes me into this room and puts me in the, the flight simulator, and it was pretty awesome. It's like got the hydraulics, and, and my mission was to fly over Las Vegas and drop bombs on the strip. I don't know why. That, that's a simulator. Hopefully that's not like one of their op operations that's coming up, but... Uh, anyway, I got to do this, and it was, it was pretty cool. And then I, I crash-landed the plane when I got back because I wasn't very good at it. But the point is, it's a little bit like that with Jesus. Like, we don't just waltz into heaven. We don't just say, okay, I'm here. I'm good. I was a good person. Let me in. We don't have the credentials. We, don't, we have a, a sin problem. We're at war with God in our hearts until Jesus solves that for us. He resolves our heart. And he says, it's okay. He's with me. She's with me. They're all right. We need that relationship with Jesus. We need to have peace with him. See, people who think they're good don't understand Jesus. They think they don't need him. It's like a person who is going to go to a doctor and ask for advice. Well, if a healthy person goes to a doctor, they don't care what the doctor has to say. They're good. They're healthy. I'm good. I don't need you. But if you're sick, if you're dying and you go to a doctor, you're going to listen to everything that they have to say because you know you have need. People don't approach Jesus unless they understand their need for him. 
that he came to make things right. And so I guess that's my question today. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him personally? Do you have a relationship with him? Because I know what happens. People grow up in the church and their parents might have a relationship with God. Grandma might have a relationship with God. And we've heard about Jesus, but it's really not personal. You haven't made it yours. But here's the thing. Jesus came to have a relationship with each and every person so that we could be made right. We could have peace in our hearts with God. And so if, you, if you've never made that decision to open your heart to Jesus, I would just encourage you, don't leave this place until that's settled. We can talk about that after the service. That's why Jesus came. He came on a rescue mission for humanity, to save me, to save you, to save sick and broken people, to save lost people. That's why he came. And so that's the starting point. If we want to have peace, it's it's that relationship with God. But then there's also peace in the everyday stuff, right? So maybe we know Jesus, we have a relationship with him, but then what does it look like to live with peace as we just go around and we do our Christmas shopping and we do the kids' programs and all the activities of life? What does it look like to live with peace in that? Verse 10 of our text today The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So the the angel told the shepherds, he appeared to them, and they're like, whoa, you know, kind of afraid. They're scared. And that's the first thing he says, don't be afraid. This is actually good news for you. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen an angel. I personally have not. But isn't that, if you read through scripture, that's a common reaction is fear. Whoa. Whoa. Well, what were the shepherds afraid of, you know? Were they guilty of something? Were they, you know, afraid that God's going to whack them? I don't know. Like, they had fear. The angel said, it's okay. Because what's happened, this coming of Jesus, changes everything. It changes the world. And so this is good news for all people, right? You don't have to be afraid. And so the angel is telling the shepherds that this is, this is a change of the whole game. Jesus is coming, his birth changes everything. So we can think of peace as an internal condition of the heart, right? Not worrying. And so even though some people might have peace with God, like a relationship through Jesus, we still need the peace of God. We need to live every single day with peace in our hearts, or we can just be worrywarts. We can be running around worrying about everything. But like the angel said, do not be afraid. This is good news. Jesus coming brings peace to the everyday stuff. Let me ask you a question. Does it do any good to worry? Who here has found great benefit in worry? Raise your hand, please. I'm not seeing many hands, right? It does not do us any good to worry, to be anxious. It actually has negative health effects for us. It's bad for us to worry and be anxious. And Satan knows that. That's why our enemy, the enemy of our souls, wants to trap us in worry and fear and get us all bound up because it's bad for us. And not only that, but it takes away from our faith that now all of a sudden we're not trusting that God is who he says he is. We're trying to manipulate and control situations that never were ours to begin with. So Jesus came to give us peace with God, but he also gives us an invitation to live with the peace of God. Jesus said this to his disciples, John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so Jesus offered his disciples peace. He says, I'm giving you peace. It's yours, but you gotta, you gotta hold on to it. You gotta live in it. You gotta believe it. And so Jesus gives us a relationship with the Father and he also offers us peace for the everyday, for all the normal stuff that we're going through in life. But, but what we tend to do is we say, well, I'm worried, I'm anxious, and so I'm just gonna be God for a little while. And we don't really say that. We don't say, oh, I'm gonna be God, like... But we act it out in our emotions, in our behavior. We start to say, well, I'm in control. I got to handle this situation. I got to do that thing. And we take all this responsibility that isn't ours. And so we are not God. And, and we think we're going to be in charge of things that we're, we're really not. Have any of you um, ever been in a severe weather situation, like a tornado or you know, somewhere we had to take shelter? When I was a kid and we were at camp, there was a storm shelter, and once in a while, there would be a tornado come through. I mean, it's North Dakota, not huge ones, but still, you didn't want to be, you know, caught outside. And so the storm came in that night, the sirens went off, and we all ran for the shelter. I mean, it was just chaos. And we get in there, and everybody got settled down, and then it was okay, because that shelter was made to protect us from the winds and the storm and the rain and all that, and so we were safe inside the shelter. How ridiculous would it have been if I were to run outside to try to hold down all the camping chairs and, and make sure the canoes don't blow away and the oars and the life jackets and all that stuff, like, it's ridiculous. I had to stay inside the shelter and I had peace in there. But so often, that's what we do. We run out into the storm and we try to take care of things that we really have no business trying to take care of. Live with peace recognizes that anxiety and worry about these things doesn't help us, it hurts us. And so what does it look like to live with the peace of God? And I think it's very simple. It's found in Scripture. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's not easy, but it's simple. We have our fear, our worry. Those are normal uh, emotions that we experience. But then what do we do with those? Do we dwell on them? Do we just focus on them? Or do we, do we point our heart's gaze back to Jesus and say, no, it's okay, he's got it. So when we have something that we're worried about, we're stressed about, we're anxious about, we pray about it, we tell God, he already knows. We tell him, we tell our Father, Lord, I, I got this thing, I'm really worried about it. We give it to him and then we trust right? Simple. Pray and trust. That's how you live with peace. There still might be a storm going on outside the shelter, but we're inside the shelter with Jesus. It's okay. He gives us peace. He offers that to us. And so we're not God. So let's stop trying to be... Can we just say that together? Can we just do that on the count of three? Everybody say, I am not God. One, two, three. I am not God. Doesn't that just kind of feel good to just release that pressure? It's not up to us. We can trust him. So Jesus came to give us relational peace with God, right? To, to restore that peace with him. Jesus comes to offer us peace in the everyday stuff of life. 
and our situations, we can, we can release those to him. But then Jesus also offers something else, peace with others. Now it's Christmas time, right? Um, we know there's struggles. There are tense relationships. We could probably go around this room and share some stories. Not all relationships are perfect, especially when you start gathering with family for Christmas. You're like, well, we don't see each other, but a couple times a year, we're going to make this work. And sometimes as you gather, things start to bubble up and, and conversations happen and, and little comments are made. and little. We know that happens. There are strained relationships all over the place. But when Jesus came and brought peace, he also brings the ability to bring peace into our relationships. And he invites us as the recipients of his peace to say, now you're going to go be peacemakers. You're going to be reconcilers of relationship. You're going you're to bring the good news into your situation. Peacemaking is not being nice. It's not being a doormat. Being a peacemaker means you're going to step into the conflict and you're going to deal with the issue in love, with grace. And we can only do that because of the grace that we've received from God himself, the love that we've received, the kindness that we've received. Say, man, you don't deserve my forgiveness. You don't deserve me being kind to you, but I'm going to show it to you anyway because I've been shown it and I don't deserve it, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is... In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So that scripture tells us why Jesus came. He said, I came to reconcile you to God, but I've also given you now the the ministry of reconciliation. So as God's people, we get to be reconcilers. We get to be people who step into broken situations and resolve conflicts and deal with issues, and restore broken relationships. That's part of what Jesus brings, and he brought. There's, a, there's an old story about two brothers. They had land, they're farmers, and their land bumped up to each other. And they shared everything. They shared equipment, they shared the tractors, all the expenses, and that was just the kind of deal they had. The younger brother's name was John, and one day the tractor broke down while he was using it, and he made a mistake, and he, he broke the tractor. So he got the repair bill and he gave it to his older brother and the older brother said, I'm not paying for that. You broke the tractor. You messed up. You're paying for that. And John said, well, I thought we had a 50-50 agreement where we all split all the expenses. And so it created a rift in their relationship so much to the point where the older brother said, I'm done. I'm, I'm separating from you. You can do your own farm. I'm doing my farm. He rented a bulldozer and dug this big ditch between their property destroyed a beautiful meadow and just dug this big ditch that filled up with water. And so John was pretty distraught. One day he hears a knock on his door and he opens it up and it's a carpenter. It's a traveling carpenter. And this carpenter comes and he says, hey, I see you have a farm and, you know, do you need me to build anything? I'm looking for work. Anything I can do for you? John says, yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm sick of looking at my brother's land and that ditch that he dug I'm going to get some lumber and you're going to build me a big wooden fence across this property line so I don't have to look at it anymore. I don't have to see my brother. I don't have to acknowledge his existence. So he goes to town, gets a big load of lumber and brings it back. Well, the carpenter starts working, works all day. That night he knocks on the door again and he comes to the door and says, hey, I want to show you what I built. And so John goes with the carpenter out to the property and he looks and there's no fence 
He's taken all that wood, all that lumber, and built this big old bridge across the ditch. And about that time, the older brother comes from his side of the, of the property, hears all the commotion. He's like, what is this? My brother built a bridge? And so they begin to restore their relationship, and they talked out their issues, and they hugged, and they embraced. And they looked over, and the carpenter's packing up to leave. They said, wait, we got some more stuff for you to build. He says, no, I got to go. I got more bridges to build. See, that bridge builder was a reconciler. He was a peacemaker, someone who would step into a situation and, and did what needed to be done. And I wonder if, if, if we, maybe, maybe we need to be the bridge builder. Maybe there's some situations in our life where we've built walls, we built fences, and we need to take them apart and rebuild a bridge into someone else's life. Because it's a lot easier to build fences. It's a lot easier to wall ourselves off and to protect ourselves, especially if we've been hurt, if we've been wronged. And we may deserve to build a fence. But the gospel tells us no, we're the bringers of peace. We deserve punishment from God. We don't deserve His grace, but we get it. We receive it. And so we get to extend that to other people. So that's part of what Jesus brought was peace with others, relational peace. Our text in Luke 2 ended with this verse, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, I know we know the traditional one, peace on earth, goodwill to men. This is, this is a different translation. But I love that. It says, on earth, peace to those to whom his favor rests. Do you realize that his favor rests on you today? His favor rests on me. It's an invitation of peace. The first thing, if you don't know Jesus, Jesus has come to give you peace with the Father. All your sins can be forgiven. All of your past wiped clean. Your record, every wrong thing that you've ever done, forgotten in God's mind. I just, I just can't get past that. And I hope that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus personally, that we solve that today. We talk about it because today could be the day of salvation for you. The day where you first experience peace with the God who made you, who loves you and wants to spend eternity with you. Jesus came to give us that peace. Jesus also came to give us peace through the challenges of life. To say, don't worry, don't stress. Go into the shelter, take shelter. The storm might still be going on. There might be still things. We know bad things are going to happen in this life. We do. Bad things happen. But we get to rest in God being God and take peace in Him, shelter in Him. And then when we find peace, it's able, we're able to extend that to other people and show grace and say, we don't have to live like the world lives. Jesus said to his disciples, I offer you peace, but not as the world gives. What does the world say? The world says, well, you wronged me, so I'm going to get back at you. You owe me, and so I'm going to collect. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. That's how the world operates. But Jesus says, no, I'm going to give you peace. And I'm going to give you peace with others so that you can show grace, you can show love, you can show kindness to other people. We can be humble peacemakers, admitting when we're wrong, showing grace and stepping into the conflict. We can build bridges instead of walls. And all this is because of Jesus. It's all because he came. That's what makes Christmas so great. It's not just all the presents and all the tradition. I mean, that's, that's fun. The ugly sweater contests and by the way, I think we're going to do one of those at our Christmas party. 
I've got a pretty good sweater, by the way. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's pretty good. But that's why Christmas is so great, because Jesus came on a rescue mission for us. He came to bring peace, peace on earth, peace in our hearts. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for bringing Jesus to us. Lord, we we know that we're broken, sinful people and that we're in need of rescuing. And so, Lord, as we think about peace and we think about what that means, we, we see fighting, we see it in the news. We see nations warring against nations. But we know that that's not why you came. One day you will restore peace to the whole earth when you return and you rule and you reign in your new creation. But for now, the fighting continues. The good news is we have peace with you, God, through Jesus. And that invitation is for every person to stop warring in our hearts with you. Receive the forgiveness that you offer, the new start that we need. Lord, thanks that you walk with us through this life, through the hard stuff. I know that even in this room, there are some people in some really tough situations dealing with challenges that are heartbreaking. But Lord, you meet us in those challenges. You say, I want to walk with you. I got it. I'm in control. So stop worrying. Don't be afraid. Lord, I know there's probably people in this room too that need to mend some, some bridges, to take down some walls, rebuild relationships that have been broken, strained, stressed. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to show humility and grace. God, we love you so much. We thank you that we're only here because you love us, because you've invited us to be part of your church, part of your family. That's why we celebrate this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Josh left us with a couple takeaways today. And the biggest one that he shared is, I am not God. God's got this, and we can leave it to him. Discussion questions you may talk with your family and friends about from this service. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him personally? Do you have that relationship? Thanks for listening, Missio family, and we'll see you again next week.